0: Zone. She's like your older sister, but louder. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
1: Off and running on a Tuesday morning. Yesterday was a little blustery, I'll admit. The winds uh, surprised me a little bit. Today, not a bad day. Sunshine on the way. Daytime highs around 33 degrees. Winds may still be noticeable out of the west northwest, about 13 miles an hour. For tomorrow, partly cloudy, 39. Thursday, sunshine in 46. Friday, clouds roll back in, 45 degrees, and then into the weekend, we're still looking at temperatures that are going to toggle in the upper 30s to low and mid-40s. Morning, everyone. Fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee. Glad to have you along with us. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, also going to be joining us live this morning. I'm going to try to dial up one of our Wisconsin soybean growers that's in New York City. He's part of the Clean Fuels Alliance. Big Apple Tour. They're in New York City to take a look at how one of the largest cities in the world is adopting and using biofuels, including biodiesel. Jonathan Gibbs from Fox Lake is one of those participating farmers. We're going to see if we can't catch him on the bus this morning as they get ready to head out. So stick around. Lots on the way.
2: What is dementia? Is it the same as Alzheimer's? What is vascular dementia, Lewy body, FTD, TBI, and CTE? If someone has memory loss, does that mean they have dementia? Millions of Americans ask these questions every day. I did too, and I learned. My wife, Ginny, developed dementia. I didn't know what to do or what was coming next. I'm Kevin Jamieson, volunteer and president of the Dementia Society of America. I'm excited to offer you a free guide to understanding dementia It's filled with facts about dementia, care planning, how doctors can help, and ways to keep your brain as healthy as possible. The Dementia Society of America is a national nonprofit, and we're ready to answer your questions. You want to live life to the fullest. I know that. Ginny did too, and I'm confident that we can help. Get your copy of the guide. Go to 1-800-DEMENTIA.org or call 1-800-DEMENTIA. Thank you.
1: You know, from eggnog to that green bean casserole, a lot of us have our favorites when it comes to holiday dining. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. But more and more these days, families are choosing to try to eat out. Take a little bit of the burden off mom, or maybe it's just about location. Bottom line is, a lot of our Wisconsin tours would like to see you dine with them during the holiday season. But what are they creating as far as special menu events or special dining opportunities to try to bring you in. For that, I turn to Susan Qualm, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association to guide us on what we're seeing as far as holiday dining trends. Susan, what are you seeing? I guess the first question is, are people still expecting to dine out for the holidays?
3: There's, was some fear that we would see some folks not dine out as much with inflation and the cost of you know goods going up for everybody including menu prices having to go up too that that would stymie a little bit of our demand but it it hasn't been as as uh, large as as we were fearing so that's great news for the restaurant operators what people are looking for is that opportunity to get together talk with friends and and what we're seeing is the you know, let's get together and have what we call shareables, you know, like we'll all get together and we'll you know, order a few different dishes and, and I'll share them and sitting around and, and enjoying ourselves versus, say, a formal sit down type of situation.
1: Susan and I talked during the pandemic and that was obviously one of the darkest spots in restaurant history be it Wisconsin or anywhere. Then there was what that revenge travel has there been revenge dining Susan or is that something that we are going to continue to see amped up during the holiday?
3: Uh, Definitely. You know, we like I said, we just have not seen the drop off that we were fearing um, in demand for for restaurants. Um, And that's fantastic. I mean, that's that's excellent for the industry. The hard part, I think, for us is now is trying to keep up with that demand just because a lot of operations aren't going to be aren't open seven days a week anymore like they used to be. So obviously, you know, obviously that means there's there's less dining opportunity um, for for consumers out there right at the moment. But um, it, it is uh, definitely uh, good for the, the industry that we have that demand. We just have the other challenges every other retailer is going through.
1: Now, do we have, you mentioned shareables being one of the hot items during the holidays. And, of course, like I said, I'm, I'm thinking about your typical appetizers. Is anybody on to something new for the holiday? And what about holiday drinks? That's something else that can take a, a short-term adjustment, uh, just to get people in.
3: Yeah, um, the, the you mentioned charcuterie boards. Those are still very in style. We still have a lot of restaurants that are offering them. We've even seen, I haven't seen them here in Wisconsin yet, but we're even seeing charcuterie boards for kids, you know, on um, a kid's menu because kids love that cheese and sausage and crackers kind of, of feeling. So, you know, those have not left or gone out of style yet. Um, but what we are seeing is that, you um, People, even here in the holiday time, people are looking for a combination of two things, something that's more comfort food, Um, say, think, you know, melty cheese, of course, cheese curds and those kinds of things are going to still be very popular in that shareable uh, mode, but that people are looking for new and different flavors to go with it, so... um, you, you're going to see different dipping sauces. You're going to see different kinds of, of flavors that go with with that melty cheese. Or you're seeing and soups and stews are still you know becoming very very popular again. Even though and those are also still shareable because people will just you know have a little bit of everything that's out on the table. So, but. We're you know at the holidays people do want their traditional stuff too and and they want to see some of those um, old standby favorites um, that are deep fried and yummy that people like to to
1: to share. Well, you say some of the old regulars uh, during the holiday season. One of the things that pops to mind is that prime rib or something special. Uh, You know, once we get into the new calendar year, things can look different. Are we seeing restaurants still be able to accommodate? that kind of maybe a, a little bit more larger family get together uh now we're talking post thanksgiving but are they is are they back to doing buffets are we doing continuing with the prime rib specials are they doing something a little different for the holidays to try to get everybody around that table
3: um you might still you might see a few uh holiday only buffets. Pop up, um, and and you you know those are definitely still very popular among consumers. They're hard to do for restaurants, um, just because of the cost of of the food waste that goes along with a buffet. But for the holidays, yes, we are seeing the return of the buffet um in especially in our you know maybe our supper club era pl- folks that are opening up during the day on the weekends to to do those special kinds of of events um, and and run specials like that through the holidays um but and you're still seeing the primary of specials and others the price point is just going to be higher and and that's just the fact of of where we're at as an industry and and the cost of goods that we have and uh, the ability to to put at least a, a couple percent margin in there on on the operator, so that that where was that? But buffets, though, as far as an overall theme, aren't as popular as they used to be, with the exception of the specialty holiday. And whether it's the upcoming Christmas holiday, New Year's Eve special buffets, Easter buffets, Mother Day, but you you just won't see them on a weekly basis like we used to pre-pandemic. Susan
1: Quam's in studio with us. She is the executive director of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association. Always like to kind of get a feel on how our independent restaurateurs are doing going into the holiday season. And like you mentioned, I know it's it's become old in every area labor. Um, and then inflation on the top of what they're dealing with. What other issues are Wisconsin restaurant owners keeping their eye on, Susan?
3: Well, you you hit the top two, labor and, and food costs um, and how to to make their menu something that there is no loss leaders. They can't afford a loss leader anymore on the menu. Everything has to be able to have a little bit of profit built into it. Um, so that, that causes them to either streamline their menu or maybe drop a few popular things just because they can't charge the prices they would need in order for that to work. Um, but And labor, of course, but we're, that is, that's easing up a little bit. You know, looking at the data, we're still about eight or 9,000 eight, eight 9, jobs, uh, positions open um, compared to 2019. So we have fewer workers than what we did still in, in 2019 pre-pandemic. Uh, But it's getting better just because operators aren't open seven days a week like they used to be. Um, So that's alleviating some of that problem. Uh, I would say that right now our third largest um, issue that's on every restaurant operator's mind is credit card processing fees. Um, They have become, for most restaurants, the third largest cost. That's above any, besides food and labor um, that they incur. Uh, The major card companies just implemented another uh, fee increase, um, and you add on to that the fees that they are already being charged, it's, it's, it's pretty significant. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize is that if you have one of those great cards that you earn miles or points or cash back, it's the retailer and the fees they pay that pay for those miles and cash back, um, and that gets added on to their processing fees. So those are the, those are the kinds of, of, of things that are really probably weighing a lot of operators' minds.
1: You know, just something to, something to think about as we go on to the holiday celebrations. You want your family, your guests, your friends to have a good time. You know that you love that restaurant and you go there. Just stop and think about a little bit more behind-the-scenes activity. Uh, we all see the cost of food going up in the grocery stores on your table. That hits our tours. And like you said, uh, boy, credit card feeds. There's when you don't think about it. You just always pull out the plastic because we're being taught to be cashless. But there's a cost and an expense that truly comes along with that. Susan Kwame in studio with us, uh, getting us ready to celebrate the holidays with our Wisconsin restaurant owners. Again, happy holidays to all. and We sure hope that you're going to help those folks in the restaurant industry and get out there and enjoy Wisconsin. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.
4: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam
5: Yonke.
1: Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world.
5: But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup.
1: Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger.
6: Just like you could by giving a pint of blood.
1: The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you, whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's
7: Navy.
6: This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration.
8: Let our family help your family.
6: Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. At Bergstrom Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the- Hang on to your tractors. Here's
4: another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Glad
1: you're along with us on a Tuesday morning. Time to catch up on what's happening with weather. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, along with us. Yesterday, I had uh, mentioned to folks to use their uh, talk text line if they uh, were doing anything winter-like. You know, I mean, aside from like hanging Christmas lights or something like that. Uh, the snow obviously is missing for a good chunk of the state of Wisconsin, so I'm guessing not much in the way of tubing, snowmobiling, cross country skiing. And I uh, got a note from uh, somebody up by Beaver Dam that they had to rescue an ice fisherman on Beaver Dam Lake on Sunday because of thin ice. So uh, you know, there's there's those that just can't resist and want to try to get out there, but boy, you got to exercise caution. Even on a ch- it's a chillier start this morning. That's not enough to necessarily firm up all that ice.
0: No, we're not making good lake ice around here, I tell you that. And I talked some folks up, you know, in the frozen white north, Brainerd, Minnesota. Yeah? They're worried they don't have enough lake ice for an ice fishing tournament in February. They're already worrying.
1: Well, you know, I saw somebody else was, I can't remember if it was a ice fishing tournament or whatever, but if your dates are in the beginning of 2024, I can see where you'd be concerned.
0: Yeah, right now it just doesn't look all that hopeful. I mean, we don't have that big cold snap coming. I don't have that major snowstorm. Oh, there could be a little precipitation here late this week, but it's not looking like it's going to amount to a big deal. So, you know, not all that far away from normal for temperatures. A little cooler today, a cool front did move through the state. Yeah, you missed it, didn't you? The winds became northwest through the nighttime. That cool front's in the far southeast corner of Wisconsin, pushing east in lower Michigan, Illinois, heading to Indiana. Precipitation, what's that? There's a little lake effect snow in far northern lower Michigan and over into Canada. Nothing else to talk about on the radar with that cool front moving through. I expect today we'll have sunshine. It was a beautiful, bright, sunny afternoon yesterday. I was down in uh, Southeast Wisconsin, heading back home late in the day. The sunglasses were important. It was so sunny and bright and seemed so nice. Well, today we'll have that sun again, but we do stay on the cool side. And Madison might be one of the warm spots we talk about to hit freezing at about 32. Everybody else in the very low 30s or upper 20s. So a very cool Tuesday, no doubt there. But that begins to turn around. In fact, our winds become more west and even southwest overnight, nine into Wednesday and Thursday, that draws more mild air in. So back to above normal tomorrow, up into the 40s then for Thursday and Friday. A lot more mild air mass building in to wrap up the week. And I expect we stay dry, and it sounds very comfortable indeed. Not at all what we expect in the middle of December. But then there comes that Friday night, early Saturday, very small chance of just a little light rain I don't expect it to be anything much more than that. And that means, you know, it may freeze on a car windshield or something late Friday night as temperatures flirt with freezing. But otherwise, a little light rain may be around just to start the weekend and those temperatures stay mild. I expect those 40s right through the weekend may be cooling somewhat just into early next week. So still a very, very mild pattern in store. Not much to talk about for precipitation either. Hope we can all take advantage of it. I'll check those forecast details right after this.
2: What is dementia? Is it the same as Alzheimer's? What is vascular dementia, Lewy body, FTD, TBI, and CTE? If someone has memory loss, does that mean they have dementia? Millions of Americans ask these questions every day. I did too, and I learned. My wife Ginny developed dementia. I didn't know what to do or what was coming next. I'm Kevin Jamison, volunteer and president of the Dementia Society of America. I'm excited to offer you a free guide to understanding dementia. It's filled with facts about dementia, care planning, how doctors can help, and ways to keep your brain as healthy as possible. The Dementia Society of America is a national nonprofit, and we're ready to answer your questions. You want to live life to the fullest. I know that. Ginny did too, and I'm confident that we can help. Get your copy of the guide. Go to 1-800-DEMENTIA.org or call 1-800-DEMENTIA. Thank you.
1: All righty, Stu, let's have some details on what's going on for that weather. So today, the winter duds are definitely going to be appropriate.
2: Yeah,
3: it's
0: going to feel pretty good, no doubt. Sunny skies will be great if you can be out of the breeze and, you know, maybe not right outside. But temps in the very low 30s, Uh, I'd say freezing the warm spot at Madison, below that elsewhere, Maybe an upper 20 here or there as well. The northwest winds 5 to 15, still a bit gusty in east and southeast Wisconsin, gusting today to 25 or 30. Overnight, partly cloudy, and it does cool down to around 20, maybe an upper 10 here or there. The west winds 5 to 10, mostly sunny Wednesday. Well, mid and upper 30s starting to improve. West winds at 5 to 10. And sunny Thursday in the 40s, quite likely 44 or 45 at Madison and La Crosse. Southwest winds about 5 to 10. Not expect those mid-40s Friday, Pam, sounding really mild. Friday, think about it, is the middle of the month of December, and we're looking at above-normal temperatures.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't look like that pattern changes even into next week, does it?
0: No, no, that doesn't change in the next week, just that small rain chance late Friday.
1: And then I look at those poor folks in Tennessee that got nailed by those tornadoes and kind of crazy weather even on the East Coast, huh?
0: Oh, yeah, crazy there. Uh, Hearing about uh, in southern Colorado that they could have some six to eight inches of snow in the next day or so.
1: Wow, strange to be in the middle of all that and yet unscathed.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll get ours later. (laughs)
1: I agree. I agree. All right, buddy. Have a good day. We'll catch up with you tomorrow.
0: All right. See you then.
1: Stumacher, ag meteorologist, thinking just like me. I think that's that wisconsin Synod Lutheran. The shoe will drop. You know it will. All right. Uh, your weather observations always welcome. Like I said, if you're doing something outdoors uh, that is more holiday-related, let me know. 877-301-FARM. That's the same line John Heinberg will be on before the end of the show.
4: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
3: Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish
7: brand new floors.
2: I'm Mike Yenser at WiseWay Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Walk.
7: See how our do-it-yourself products
3: might be the right thing for you.
2: Commercial or residential, the wise Habit. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com.
3: You can't change the
8: price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Rinnai tankless water heaters the number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Ranai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing.
6: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at benjaminplumbing.com.
3: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business.
6: Benjamin Plumbing.
4: Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers and during that time our strengths have been trust, service and selection. Those traits are who we are and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street. goodmansjewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's.
5: How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth, and often lasts a year or longer.
4: Let your natural
5: beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com.
0: Have you ever had an MRI through the hospital where you're crunched inside a scary tube-like tunnel? MH Imaging in Middleton provides the spacious comfort of a completely open design MRI, the most updated concept in MRIs. It's an open MRI, open for everyone, regardless of insurance or doctor affiliation, for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And the results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com.
6: The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank-you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. Actuate, LLC. Design, create, actuate. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics,
9: we're
0: able to do just that. TomsAutoCenter.com
4: Tom's Auto Center
9: 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's.
4: Rural Mutual, keeping strong.
6: Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit ruralmutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural
4: Mutual. Insurance. Wisconsin strong. The Buccaneers getting their win over the Falcons. Uh, 29-25, that's the team that the Packers have coming up in the Buccaneers. And they're now first in the South due to the tiebreakers. <laughs> <South. laughs> uh, and then if you watched it on TV, because uh, it was on our viewing area, Ah, uh, the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. The Bears came out and put up ten right away and said, "You know what we're gonna do this thing. Lions then said, "You know, hang on, we're gonna put thirteen in the second. And then the ba- bear down in the second half. Bears scored eighteen points in the second half, uh, going to win. Rowdy, that was a that was a really in- intriguing game. Jared Goff, a uh, little interception, some fumbleitis. Justin Fields hitting some big time passes as well. Did, did you watch much of that game, Bears Lions? Yeah, I did. And uh, Jared Goff, the last four games,
8: not playing well. Mm-mm. And the Lions' defense, man, that secondary is getting exposed.
4: It really is. Uh, they're offensively, you know, challenged. As you know, Roddy just said Jared Goff not looking the greatest. Uh, the Bears, fine, they get what? How many? Did they have three wins last year or four wins last year? Was was it three? I think. Four. Four? All right, so Bears got one more. Yeah, it was four. I think four. The Bears got one more. Now they're five and eight. Look at that. And the Bears, there's another team that the Packers have on the end of their schedule. Uh, Looking down the list, Bengals, Colts. So, all right, Bengals go and get it done over the Colts. How about this? The Cleveland Browns beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joe Flacco was was even doing anything? Joe Flacco, who got signed to the Browns, he goes out there. He had 311 passing yards, three passing tutties. Uh, he was a free agent less than a month ago. How about Joe Flacco? The Browns keep finding ways to, I know it's AFC, but the Browns keep finding ways to win uh, with all their, um, their woes of the quarterback position. Joe Flacco comes out and gets it done. Well, it's not only the quarterback position because
8: they're winning games with a very average Deshaun Watson at the beginning of the season. Yeah. DTR, who is a late-round pick out of UCLA as a rookie, PJ Walker, <laughs> now Joe Flacco, but we we also have to remember that Nick Chubb tore like every ligament in his knee early in the season, yeah. and he's their all-pro running back. He's pretty good. But yeah, their defense is really, really good, and Trevor Lawrence, especially in the first half, I know he was coming off of six days with that high ankle sprain. Maybe he shouldn't have played because he didn't look very good.
4: <laughs> no. Uh, you had Saints beating the Panthers 28-26. How about the Jets? Uh, first time uh, they had three touchdowns in a game since I think it was like 2019 or something like that, 2020. The Jets put it on the Texans 30-6. to Randall Cobb found him pay dirt. Uh, Ravens in a crazy fashion beat the LA Rams. We were just talking about right. With the Rams going down. Um, we have the Niners beating the Seahawks, as we already said that. Um then there's this game. Wow. If you uh if you were subjected to this, I kind of feel sorry for you. But Rowdy said it could have been the most beautiful game he's ever watched. Vikings win three to nothing over the Raiders. Three to nothing. Yep. Joshua Dobbs <laughs>
8: leading the Minnesota Vikings to a big three-nothing victory. You love to see it. I actually got a Snapchat um saying it was a picture of the the Vikings Raiders saying this might be one of the ugliest games I've ever seen, and I just responded with I love it. Having the under 40 and a <laughs> half. This is the most beautiful game I've watched all weekend.
4: Rowdy. When, uh, when did you know that that under was solidified? Like when are you like, I, I, I'm second safe. quarter. <laughs> second This <quarter. laughs> under's mine. Three to nothing. The Vikings win. Then you got uh, the one uh, you know, watched that. Uh, Wasn't yeah?
8: it the uh, Chicago bears when they beat the Vikings last week? It was the first team to win a game this season without scoring a touchdown. Yes. Because yes. they kicked four field goals. Yes. Well, the Vikings now the following week
4: become the second team. With one field goal. And then you had Bill's Chiefs. That game was uh, pretty nutty. Patrick Mahomes was pretty upset at the end. And uh, also, uh, what, Tony, I don't know how that guy stays on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs lose to the Bills 20-17. to And uh, some madness in that game. Do you watch much of that game, Rowdy? There's some wildness in that one. Yeah, Kadarius Tony.
8: Uh, see... They were saying they were talking about him being lined up off sides, that blue line on the broadcast. Yeah, I thought it was close. I don't know from the angles I saw. I think it's fifty-fifty. S- then I saw people saying, "Well, Von Miller is offsides."
4: <laughs> I know I saw like there's a bunch of photos of the uh, offsides of all kinds of people in there. Game was game was, game is was nuts. Patrick Mahomes pretty salty at the end. Uh, Broncos beating the Chargers. And then how about the late-night affair? Down goes the Eagles. Ben Kenny probably couldn't have slept at all last night.
0: On the job till the cows come home. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
1: Well, we got a few people that are already on the job this early Tuesday morning. John Heimberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to catch up with us in about 15 minutes or so to talk about what's happening in the marketplace. And one of our Wisconsin soybean growers is in New York City for the next 48 hours. Uh, part of the Clean Fuels Alliance Big Apple Tour. Jonathan Gibbs from uh, Fox Lake is one of those participating. I'm going to see if I can't catch up with Jonathan and find out how the tour is going in just a little bit. I'm Pam Yankee. Really glad you're along with us on this, the 12th day of December. Let's see, what can I say? On this day back in 1787, Pennsylvania becomes the second state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. It was the first of larger states to actually vote to ratify the document on this day back in 1787. On this day in 1972, The Poseidon Adventure, starring Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine, Shelley Winters, and Jack Albertson premiered in New York City, kind of keeping that New York City theme going. That was on this day back in 1972, The Poseidon Adventure. And now you know. Well, we know that Wisconsin Farmers Union is going to have capable leadership in twenty twenty four during their ninety third annual state convention up in Wisconsin dells. Westby dairy producer Darren von Ruden was reelected as president of the group. There were more than two hundred family farmers that were there to talk about what's going on with Wisconsin agriculture and the food chain. Darren, of course, has been very involved in that group since he started as a district director back in two thousand and eight. He is also spending more time now with the organization since he recently transitioned the farm to the fourth generation. His son, Brett, purchased the machinery and 50-cow dairy herd, giving Darren more time to serve Wisconsin Farmers Union. One of the big topics for discussion was health care and rural child care for farmers and their families. Michelle Ramirez-White is the policy coordinator for the Wisconsin Farmers Union, and she said this has always been a major staple for them.
10: Currently in our book, we don't have child care or uh, covering um, child care providers, and that did come up this year in the legislature. And so we had a lot of members coming forward and being like, we really should get involved and farmers also need childcare. And this is something really important to us as well. So it'll be exciting to be able to expand that section in the book. And so we'll be able to be really a lot more active at not only the legislative level, but in education and outreach as well with other organizations. So I'm really excited about that. Healthcare as well, we're um, working on and realigning. We've always had in our policy that we believe in healthcare for all. We think that's vital and important, and a single-payer system is really what we wanna see. Um, and we're seeing other groups kind of thinking of other alternative plans that we don't, we don't know if, if they'll work out. So we, I think with the timeliness of that topic, our members have really put forth a lot of um, enthusiasm and kind of re, reinvigorating a current policy that we already have, but kind of uplifting it and bringing it more attention to it because we really have such a strong stance on healthcare.
1: Michelle Ramirez-White, she's a policy coordinator for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Now remember, during the Wisconsin Farm Bureau's annual convention in Wisconsin Dells, they too adopted a plan to try to offer health care coverage for their members because of what Ramirez-White just pointed out, uh, the fact that it's difficult for a lot of farm families to qualify. So it does look like health care is going to get some attention down at the state house beginning in early 2024. Well, markets and overnight electronic trade this morning are holding firm. Right now we've got December corn. Make that March corn up a penny at four eighty two. January soybeans and nickel stronger right now at thirteen forty one. July wheat's up a penny as well, six twenty-seven a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, the barrel cheese dropped a half a cent to one fifty-five. The forty-pound block cheese, though, was up to at one sixty. Double A Butter had a tough Monday. Down nine and a half cents at 257 and a half per pound. The January fluid milk that's unchanged right now, 1646 100 weight. All right, I'm going to take a quick break coming up next, hoping to catch up with Jonathan Gibbs, a Wisconsin soybean grower that's part of the Clean Fuels Alliance Big Apple Tour out in New York City. What are they finding out? What are they investigating? Hopefully, I catch up with Jonathan in just a moment.
2: Bruce. Bill. How's business? Booming. Bountiful bushels of soybeans, you're boasting. Boatloads of bushels. But how? Bags of Zitavo soybean seed. Bags of Zitavo soybean seed? Bunches of them. Bunches of bushels from bags, huh? You betcha. That's a breakthrough bean to boggle the brain.
4: Bill. Bruce. Best we give it a break.
6: An innovative seed packed with Enlist E3 trait technology
4: and award winning varieties for yields that keep growing and growing. Zitavo is seed done right. Always read and follow label directions.
1: Success! Jonathan Gibbs, who is a Wisconsin soybean grower from Fox Lake, is on the phone with me this morning from New York City, where they're already off and about on the Clean Fuels Alliance Big Apple Tour. Jonathan, thanks for uh, taking some time this morning to join me. Tell folks a little bit about this Clean Fuels Alliance.
7: Correct. A couple years ago, it used to be called the National Biodiesel Board, rebranded themselves, and the Clean Fuel Alliance of America, and the reason they did that is... Um the advent of renewable diesel along with sustainable aviation fuel that gets made from the same feedstock that you know what we historically known as as biodiesel and biodiesel does still exist and is widely used mm-hmm. um but they wanted to bring that um all three of those fuels kind of back in under that umbrella
1: mm-hmm no. Nope. I'm catching about halfway through this tour of the Big Apple. Tell them a little bit about what you've been experiencing, the stories you've been sharing and hearing.
7: So today we spent our day um, at the Maritime um, University or College where they, they do train sailors there. Um, and kind of the spirit of that is New York is, you know, obviously surrounded by water and it's quite a densely populated area, hard to drive around, so they do move a lot of people and supplies and and freight in and out um, by water, by boat. And, you know, I think Clean Fuels kind of sees that that might be the next opportunity that we have in the biodiesel or renewable diesel world is to help uh, blend, you know, what historically was our number two ultra-low sulfur diesel and use the bio, use the renewable diesel, uh, empowering those ships to try to create a better environment. you know, less, you know, less harmful exhaust uh, for the citizens of the, you know, greater New York area.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't the first time that we've had this kind of conversation with New York City officials. Give us a little history on the, I guess, the way we've been trying to work biofuels into their operations for the past couple decades, sure. huh?
7: Yeah, mean about 2000 New York City you know, began blending biodiesel into their fleet vehicles um, around the city, the garbage trucks, fire trucks, engines, and whatnot else, to try to achieve, you know, lower emissions from those vehicles, you know, create a cleaner air, less asthma, less cancer. And they've accomplished that, and they keep keep expanding that program. And I believe they've recently announced that they're going to all renewable diesel in their fleet vehicles uh, throughout the city. So... Um, really, really happy to hear that announcement and, and their commitment to uh, renewable fuels.
1: Excellent. Jonathan Gibbs along with us. He's a farmer from Fox Lake and currently on a tour in New York City on behalf of the Clean uh, Fuels Alliance. Now, let's talk a little bit more about where you see growth, Jonathan, as a Wisconsin soybean grower. I mean, keeping your, your perspective on how far that bean can go is part of the reason why you're on the trip.
7: Sure. I mean, we concentrate so much on you know how many bushels we produce or how we produce it on our farm, but we need to have a have a customer for that. And more than just the whole bean, I mean, most of our beans go to get crushed for meal, which is used in livestock feed. But also the oil, some of that oil ends up in the food industry, uh, which actually gets recycled into biodiesel or renewable diesel. But some of that raw soybean vegetable oil goes straight to the production of biodiesel and renewable diesel. Obviously. You know, we we burn it at our combustion motors or, you know, large freight motors and semis and combines, industrial equipment, but uh, also, you know, looking at doing it, whether it's ships now or um, last couple of years uh, with sustainable aviation fuel coming along the line, um, we can... We power our jets and our airplanes with it, too.
1: Yeah, and you were telling me about, you know, we don't stop and think about it because a lot of us live out in the country, but for those folks that are in a congested New York City environment, that sustainable aviation fuel really resonates with them.
7: Sure, it definitely does. I mean, one example we're going to go visit tomorrow is Elizabeth, New Jersey, and they're they're in the takeoff pattern of uh, Newark Airport. And every time that plane takes off, there's there's a percentage of that, you know, fuel that doesn't get burnt and ends up on the ground, and uh, it does affect the health of their citizens in the city. So as we take a look at sustainable aviation fuel, that can be, you know, one piece of the puzzle to help improve that environment and improve the health of their citizens.
1: Well, excellent. Jonathan Gibbs, again, kind enough to join us. He's bouncing around on a bus uh, out in New York City for the next 48 hours or so. Again, like we said, it is a part of the Clean Fuels Alliance, formerly the biodiesel board and uh, Wisconsin's a member of the Clean Fuels Alliance. Anything else, Jonathan, before I let you go?
7: No, I just thank my fellow farmers for the opportunity to serve them and the opportunity to come out and and learn something off the farm.
1: Excellent. Well, we'll catch up with you when you get home. Jonathan Gibbs again joining us. Uh, Fox Lake uh, soybean grower who is representing Wisconsin soybean growers on the Clean Fuels Alliance American Big Apple Tour continuing through tomorrow in New York City. Coming up in just a moment, we'll be catching up with our friend John Heimberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. How much are those soybeans worth today? That's part of our conversation on the way.
4: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: innovation that's BioVet
4: freeing up your time for the holidays is at the top of our list when you choose BioVet microbial and nutritional products to keep your livestock out of the sick pen and healthy you'll enjoy more time with your family this holiday season many thanks and warm wishes from our BioVet family to yours learn more about how BioVet can save you time and money on your farm by calling 1-800-BIOVET1 or visit bio-vet.com innovation that's
5: Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare Minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsalkprairie.com.
10: Everyone dreams
1: of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face.
9: William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler.
4: From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
1: On a Tuesday morning, morning time to uh, swing out to the uh, southeast quadrant of Wisconsin. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us this morning. John, let's jump right in. Uh, you know, markets have been pretty quiet overall for the past couple of Weeks. Uh, I know some of it has been about the unrest internationally, some of it about the uncertainty right here at home going into an election year. Let's start in by uh, focusing in on wheat. Believe it or not, that's actually been one item that I've caught my eye paying attention to more than I normally would at this time of the year.
9: Yeah, we had a pretty nice move in the wheat market after putting a low in there just right around the Thanksgiving window. And then we put a 90 cent rally in and that was led by the fact that the Chinese stepped into the wheat market and started buying U.S. wheat, SRW, or the, uh, or the spring red wheat. Uh, they picked up about 2 million metric tons here and it's just a series of purchases. And the market, again, was sitting on a short position. The funds kind of got a little spooked and we saw things move very, very quickly. Now, the last couple of days, we've consolidated Then obviously yesterday we, you know, with the market really peeling back about 20 cents of that rally, just kind of showing the volatility in the wheat. You know, one of the biggest things we still got to keep an eye on is where those global prices are. And obviously with that move, we kind of moved ourselves back into the expensive category. So it had to kind of correct itself. Now we'll see where it wants to go from there. We didn't have an announced sale yesterday after we got about basically four or five sales in six days there uh, from the Chinese. So that had the market feeling pretty good. Good. And that's kind of what helped us lead that little bit of a corn rally as well as just some short covering. Uh, but that seems it was kind of peaked out as well here, uh, you know, kind of acting as a follower to that wheat market, just as we got to continue to work through these large corn supplies.
1: Got to ask you, so Zelensky's coming to the United States to ask for more funding for Ukraine. Uh, we forget sometimes because we're distracted by the Middle East, but that is still ongoing. And that is a region of not just wheat, but other oil seeds. Are we hearing anything new out of that area, John, or is that already, is that ship, no pun intended, sailed?
9: Uh, that pretty much has moved past the market's mindset unless something were to occur that really could disrupt trade or flow. You know, early when that, that, you know alter when that war kicked in you, you know any headline was popping the wheat market obviously we saw that you know last winter around this time frame but now it just seems like it's become old news even though you know obviously the the, the tragedy or the side that the human side of human side of it is still a, f- a major factor but the market's just gotten tired of it and uh, we're still seeing product move out of that region obviously production's gonna stay down but there's still gonna be a little bit of a player in the marketplace but really when it comes to the export side of Things, especially in wheat. We're looking at things coming out of South America, Australia, you know, obviously Europe and, and you know, some other you know, and Russia being the leader in terms of the global wheat market.
1: Let's talk about China again because this is one that is rippling not just in our main commodities, but even uh food supplies, vegetables, things like that. China is Apparently, going through more of an economic contraction than they want to let on, and that's that's being noticed every week, whether it's soybean sales, corn, wheats, uh, you know, dairy.
9: Yeah, very much so. I mean, the Chinese, uh, obviously, are the largest consumer of commodities in the entire world. And and they and basically, when they get a cold economically, it affects a lot of markets. I mean, you go look at the crude oil market. One of the biggest reasons we've seen the tumble in the crude oil price is the f- concerns regarding the Chinese economy and Chinese demand and where that's going to be. Uh, you know, So those are things that come into it, uh, very much so. And we really kind of watch that in all the ag markets, you know, when you get a news headline on the overnight regarding the Chinese economy, either stronger or weaker some economic activity there sometimes you'll see that pop the market on the overnight or depress the market on the overnight you know so obviously you know they're still driving the world economy in that regard at least in terms of still being the world's largest purchaser that's why we saw that in the wheat market when they finally stepped in and started buying u.s wheat you gotta understand they typically don't buy that much wheat from us it's about the largest round of purchases in over a decade of u.s wheat it really kind of got the market moving a little bit in that regard
1: well, that is actually some good news. Hey, it's been a while since we talked about, okay, we make the sales, but we've got to get the product to the world marketplace. How is transportation doing uh, You know, uh, here in the upper Midwest? Not a lot of snow, lot, not a lot of ice to contend with. What can you tell me on how international movement's going?
9: Well, basically through the Gulf and the big, you know, we're still seeing some water concerns or river concerns in the Mississippi that keeps things a little bit on the slower side. But we are getting product move. One of the biggest reasons I think we see some issues in the Gulf right now is not so much what's going on here in the United States. It's going on in the Panama Canal. The larger vessels, the big Panamax vessels, they cannot work through that canal at at their normal clip. That adds to shipping costs because now we got to go all the way around South America to get to the, you know, the Pacific Ocean under China in terms of those purchases. The the Pacific Northwest has been a very big outlet for us so far here this this, uh, early winter in terms of getting those bushels shipped out. So that's something we still kind of got to watch. Obviously, those dry conditions in Brazil are moving up into Central America as well. And the water levels in the Panama Canal are definitely a concern right now to the market in terms of those freight expenses.
1: John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is joining us live this morning. Remember their website, TotalFarmMarketing.com. And if you want to give them a call, 800-334-9779. We're in that home stretch now, John. Everybody trying to get ready to close the books. That, that means auctions have been busy.
9: Yeah, very much so. You know, for the last year at least, in terms of talking to some of the producers, uh, we've, you know, but guys had some pretty decent money if they had supplies. They hit the market this summer, obviously, with the prices that we had. Uh, you know, next year might be a little bit tighter year, obviously, with the amount of inventory that producers are sitting on, the cost they got into that. But it just seems like right now, again, as we're getting ready for tax season, producers are stepping forward, having to pick up some equipment, looking at some <laughs> land, things of those nature, uh, just kind of help on those taxes for twenty. For for next year
1: yeah well, like you said it might be the last year too we'll have to wait and see very good thank you john appreciate it john heinberg market advisor with total farm marketing out of west bend always available to you again total farm marketing.com 800-334-9779 or john h at total farm